Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to When the Light Goes Out. My name is Kendall Hudson. And I'm Brianna. And we are so excited to start this podcast with you guys. Claps, claps. <laughs> um, just a little quick interjection about myself. First to begin, I guess. Um, well, first of all, we're both from Michigan. Go Michigan. No, I'm Michigan. just kidding. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Literally. Um, uh, so I went to Grand Valley State University and Grand Rapids, Michigan. Same. Multimedia journalism with a minor in French. So kind of a nice little background to have, I guess, to just become a podcaster all of a sudden but I knew that this podcast is something that we really wanted to do for a long time and after a long time I'm like let's do it let's just get this shit going and I think it's been a couple weeks now we've been working really hard to get this thing off the ground so yeah here we are (laughs) yes I went to Wayne State University in Detroit and I majored in business management when I'm not working on this podcast I'm also a manager at a well-known clothing store it's just kind of fun and kind of fresh but yeah that's about it for me so cute. oh you totally shared your business i'm what i do for work is i'm a digital media editor and that's all i'll say about that <laughs> yeah probably oh, and, I, and i think the other thing we'll just mention real quick is that we're both scorpios just for the sake of knowing but we're just gonna go past that too yeah <laughs> we probably lost like all of our followers we just that. lost like Whoops. half our followers saying that all it's the listeners. fine no worries okay stop the scorpio hate that's all i'm saying honestly yeah guys like i feel like every time I like tell someone I'm a Scorpio they're like "Mm, (laughs) hey y'all there's like two different types of Scorpios though I know we said we were gonna brush over this but like no Scorpio justice um there are two (laughs) types of Scorpios and we are not the crazy ones I swear that's really true I I feel like we're chill for the the most part another thing too is everyone that is a Scorpio either love other Scorpios or they completely hate other Scorpios I love my Scorpios oh yeah we love each other like we've been friends for the longest time since like 2016 right yeah got our first jobs yeah oh my god we met at um Route 21 I remember Brie had walked in before her shift before she started and she was just getting to know everyone and I was like oh shit that bitch that bitch is pretty as fuck she's gonna be my best friend and then and a friendship had sparked. So here we are. <laughs> here years we are. Later. Before we dive into the story that I had deeply researched, um, I'm gonna try to not go too fast past it so everyone doesn't get confused. But also, I really hope maybe we don't have to cut this into two parts. But we'll just see what happens. Yeah, so. let's see how it goes. Yeah. So I guess let's dive into the case. So, before I say the name of what this case is, I will just give you a little, let's let's set the scene, okay? It's 1886 Chicago. There was a big port of travel where people often traveled via boat and train. Around this time, anarchy ran through the streets of Chicago after a massive massacre had just taken place called the Haymarket Affair, where many people lost their lives. And moreover, Chicago population, Chicago's population was just vastly growing with more than one million people. While this is all taking place on the corner of 63rd Street and Wallace, a man buys a plot of land to begin the construction of his new building, which would later become a crime scene straight from hell. 
Do you think you know this for you? Oh yeah, by the way guys, I don't know the case. Okay, I told, I, I told her I wouldn't get into it. <laughs> I was like, no, you can't look at it. I'm like reading off of her iPad while my, like we're recording on my computer and I'm like, you can't look at it even though it's your stuff. Like, No, literally, I do know this case though. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Well, this will later be known to become the murder castle of Dr. Henry Howard Holmes or as most recognize him by H.H. Holmes, Holmes, America's first documented serial killer. Dun dun dun! What a great guy! I know, right? He's kind of a genius, though. An yeah. evil genius, but like, oh, wait till we die, man. He does some shit, guys. He oh yeah, he shit. did. No kidding. Well, H.H. H. Holmes was born Herbert Webster Mugget. Mugget? Mugget? Yes. On oh, May 16th, 1861, he was a Taurus. Okay, Taurus. In Gilmanton, New Hampshire, to parents Levi Horton Mugget and Theo Tate Page Price. Now, here's the thing, guys. <clears throat> Holmes had a pretty privileged and affluent childhood. And he was very intelligent as a young man, but he had shown a lot of interest in medicine early on. But even though his life had been, you know, well off financially, his devoted Methodist parents often were very abusive. Now, I'm not saying in any way that his parents' religious beliefs were good or bad, but they used their beliefs in a very abusive way, which can definitely mentally and physically change a child. Holmes' uh, Holmes' father was an alcoholic, and that just kind of adds the fuel to the fire. If it wasn't bad enough to build on that bad behavior, Holmes was bullied a lot as a kid, and being bullied actually is what led to him encountering his first interaction with death. Bullies had dragged young Holmes into an office of the town doctor and forced him to confront a mounted skeleton. Now, I really hope that doctor wasn't even there at that time, because, uh... <laughs> like, why would anyone let that happen? But Is it okay. just me, though, or do most serial killers just seem like they come from really bad childhoods? It seems like it. I think that a lot of serial killers just from a lot of the forensic files, things like that, I've ever watched, always are like... I have a really bad childhood. Have, like, yeah, I have a really bad childhood. brain developing when they're young. And yeah. Being and exposed to that type of stuff so young, like, yeah. really messes them up, you know? Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I think being that his dad was so like abusive. abusive, I think that that was pretty relevant. And his mom also kind of let it happen, which yeah. I don't think, unfortunately, you know, that becomes the case with most serial killers. So among the trauma, he did graduate high school at the early age of 16, as soon after changed his name to Herbert Webster Mudgett to Henry Howard Holmes, what later be dubbed H.H. Holmes. And we will get back to how he kind of started really using his name later on, but I had found, according to the Crime Museum, which is in Washington, D.C., I think we should go. We should go there, yeah. That sounds really fun. I've always wanted to go. It said that at an early age, he was fascinated with skeletons and soon became obsessed with death, which should give you a little insight to what we're dealing with here. Being that Holmes was brought about by death so early on, he started showing an interest in bodies. Some, I know, right? (laughs) Some speculate that this uh, that his first kill was at age 18 wow. and then around 1879. Yeah. That's really young. Yeah, I know. By a woman by the name of Mary Mudgett. Yes. If you remember his birth name, that's his own cousin that was found dead in a creek under mysterious circumstances. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah, his first and it's, possible it's, kill was and his it's cousin? A, and it's alleged, so I don't want to oh, yeah. say, but we were pretty sure, obviously, that. That's you know. scary. You'll learn more about him to know that he was a 
a fucked up man. So yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and in 1882, Holmes had married his first wife, Clara. Now, one thing I wanted to mention that I even put in my notes is that there was a lot of res- uh, sources that said that uh, Clara. To Clara, him, Clara. Him and Clara, I think maybe it's Clara. Clara. Him yeah. and Clara had a baby together, but there wasn't a lot of information on it, so I'm just gonna kind of leave it out because I don't want to. I don't want to just throw that into that yeah. the circle if it's a not legend part of it. baby. A legend baby, yeah. <laughs> he attended school at Glimminton Academy, where he later was also taught. He was also where he also later taught at 20 years old, but also had a lot of bad encounters with the school while teaching there. The school just never really felt that he was a right fit for teaching, and the academy eventually just wasn't having it with him. He started sending angry messages to like the headmaster of the school, reflecting on how smart he was and i just feel like that's so arrogant of him like, that is really arrogant i'm sorry if you're not a good teacher he really said grow from it or i just... don't need you you need me <laughs> literally and i'm like bro chill out okay um, mr holmes <laughs> okay mr holmes first holmes had tried university of vermont and he didn't really love the vibes there so he moved to ann arbor michigan where he attended not michigan yes no i know right uh yes he um attended university of michigan in 1884 wow university of Michigan's that Isn't old. Isn't that crazy? Wow. It just offered more of what he wanted in a medical school. Okay. While attending U of M, U of M Holmes, Holmes focused on chemistry and anatomy. Okay. That there makes were, sense. Yeah, right. There would be times where Holmes just did some really weird shit in front of other students and professors, such as the time. And this, again, allegedly from a couple sources, he had a project where he would be able to take home a mummified baby and he would get all excited about it. Or dissect it? Dissect it, yeah. No way. Right? Are you telling me that he allegedly had his own baby and he was taking a mummified baby home to dissect it? Yes, to dissect it. it. No. Oh, my God. If I was Clara, I'd be like, "Uh, Girl, yes. Divorce. Yeah, I know. He had access to laboratories, so after lab hours, he would go back and steal cadavers from campus labs. (gasps) And he would also start breaking into nearby local cemeteries and steal corpses. And so here's when the moniker kind of starts to show his ugly, its ugly head. So it kind it's kind of like his thing where he kind of decides to take these bodies like and bodies, yeah. Sell them. It's like where he gets started. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really grave robbing. Yeah, I know. I'm like, how the hell did no one see this? Yeah. But- I don't know, it's 1800s, what yeah, can really do? Yeah, I guess. So Holmes would take these corpses, burn and disfigure them, and then take out false life insurance policies on the bodies. Stop! And list them as, and he would list his name as a beneficiary. So in return, he would get paid for burning the bodies and putting them in, um, putting in these claims. How would that even work? Because weren't they already dead? Like They're already dead, but it would be, he would like pretty much take them out. He, so he'd take out the bodies, he would burn these bodies so they were so badly burned. Oh, they were, you couldn't like tell yeah, you couldn't tell so <gasps> I know it's so that's... then he'd like say they were other people yeah what it's me goose cam I mean I mean goose goose cam goosebumps oh my god <laughs> goose <laughs> <laughs> It gives me goosebumps. Um, and keep in mind here, this guy is fairly intelligent. So from the jump, he was really good at manipulating insurance companies into thinking that, you know, these schemes were actually real. And spoiler alert, a lot of the people started going missing from here on out. So brace yourselves. Oh, God. I'm ready. <laughs> so while living in Michigan and while Holmes was going to school, his wife, Clara, him and his wife, Clara, sorry, had moved into a boarding house, but their marriage had instantly began to fall apart. 
And a quick warning, there is an abusive description here, so be careful. Um, sources say Clara would be seen walking around with black eyes. Not like black eyes, but like, you know, like she got beaten. Yeah. And there was once an instance at school when he had forcibly demanded a hairdresser marry him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <That's not random. laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, chill out. Which almost got him expelled. That and also, yeah. And although we seem to have you know, this bright young man. It just seemed like he really didn't apply himself to his academics and barely graduated because, you know, he's busy, so-called, with his side business. And what is also kind of sad is the fact that he didn't even care much about projecting abuse on others, knowing that other people were around and that other people would find out because, you know, no one really thought anything about it, I guess. Unfortunately, I guess in the 1800s around this time, it's just kind of a, I don't know, something that a lot of people just didn't bet an eye about and we think about how his parents were also abusive and how his father was you know an alcoholic and things like that so you know I don't want to throw false information out there but it seems to me like this is kind of thing that would kind of make a serial killer kill (laughs) and uh, so we're going to fast forward shortly after barely passing exams and graduating a year later in 1885 Holmes moved to Chicago now after moving to Chicago to find work he pretty much left Kara and the alleged baby behind which is terrible to start his new life I really said, fuck that baby I know I'm like how could you just leave alleged baby alleged baby but I think that I'm just like, even if he didn't or did have a baby, you're still married to this woman. At least figure out your yeah. shit and then decide what you want to do like, next. Get Don't a just leave so just up and left. Yeah. Lord. Holmes had lied on his resumes as well and acted as if he was already working in a pharmaceutical field for some time, even though he really hadn't just done anything and just graduated. He had then went under the alias of H.H. Holmes. So we finally know where he, you know, started using his name and he's so infamously known for. Holmes had ended up getting a uh, pharmacist position for a small pharmaceutical company and shortly after getting his position the owner of the pharmacy has strangely passed away Uh, I know and it was actually a couple so there was a man and woman the man had mysteriously passed away and so he had convinced this poor woman to let him take over the shop and then guess what happens she also mysteriously yeah (laughs) she mysteriously passes away oh I wonder who I know. Well, what caused that? According to Holmes, as told, he says that she moved to California. So, okay, Holmes, this old lady is just going to move to California. She just backs her bags. Yeah. Goodbye. Yep. And never to be seen again. Yeah, no one actually verified that. Just. She went to California she and everyone California. was like, sick, okay. Yeah, that's what happened. All that's, right. And I guess she moved, she, you know, wrote off the, you know, pharmacy over in his name. So it's like, you know, it's cool. <laughs> the pharmacy eventually became his. Um, a very eerie part during his ownership of the pharmacy, colleges would be looking for real skeletons to use for their research. And so he would offer these skeletons to donate to schools and they would receive these skeletons from homes and just wouldn't ask questions, which he doesn't stop at that later on. It keeps going. So each bone that he would sell would be about $200, which I looked up um, on, you know, the... Um, for, what's it? The, inf- 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 inflation. Inflation. God, thank you. 
Um, you look up on the inflation. I looked up on the inflation calculator, and it's about six thousand dollars today. So that for is, each piece, yeah, that is for a whole human body. That's like taking, a few grand, yeah, tens of thousands of dollars. He's cashing out. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, for real. Now, with owning the pharmacy and alongside selling these skeletons, um, that helped home save money. He would eventually save enough to you know buy the pot of land across the street and begin construction of the infamous murder castle just a little you know information on how this castle was structured the castle was three stories and received at the time the name the castle from the neighborhood itself because of how big it was during the construction period Holmes already had the idea of how the place would be set for his victims and so he would consistently hire and fire workers to keep anyone that may become a little sus to keep the knowledge of his plans at a distance Mm. interesting right that's like smart but like also, it's still sus in itself, though. Yeah, it's like right? hiring, like, as soon as you start becoming suspicious, he's, like, fired. So, yeah, so, like, the minute he would, like, build a stairway, he would fire you, and then he would get someone else to finish the job. So, like, huh. he would be kind of... This is, like, the um, American Horror Story Hotel. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, that is so true. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I wonder if that's based off of this. It is. Oh, is yeah. it? Oh, it is, yeah. Shit, it's not, not the whole... Um, season itself but there is a part where Holmes is featured in it Evan Peters oh actually played him yeah. yeah oh my god yeah and it showed like uh, that's why the hotel had so many random mysterious rooms and stuff because it was like the murder castle you know was the hotel. Evan Peters is doing everything these days I know right that new movie that's coming out tomorrow yeah we just talked about the Dahmer that's, yeah. yeah I think limited series yeah um, I definitely want to watch that we're oh, yeah, going to watch that we're going to watch that tomorrow I'm excited for it me too so the castle was about three stories like I had said and received the name the castle um, during the construction period I said how he had um, hire and fire workers and keep you know everyone at a distance in 18 not, ew, sorry in 1891 the murder castle had finally finished its construction and he was wait, he had wasted no time placing ads and papers seeking assistance for his building and would also place ads that would pose him as this wealthy businessman looking for a wife to wed. He really put himself in the newspaper to find a wife. Imagine <laughs> if people did that nowadays. It's like the tender of newspapers. Like, I love it. Single woman looking for rich husband. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I should do that right now. Um, Honestly, for you, I'm a man. Work. Is anyone looking? <laughs> I'm looking for a man. These single people. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so now keep in mind, his fil- this filthy pig is still married to Clara, so while he's building this new life this man is over here finding new women to wed and you know have as mistresses not totally sure what happened to clara but it's said that at a point um and their alleged child continued their life elsewhere and holmes just ended up marrying two other women two two other women what a player and i'll kind of explain more about these women later on but one was Myrta belknap who he married in 1887 sorry several years before the castle was even built and then georgiana yolk in 1894 so as fucked up as holmes was he was very good at scheming and deceiving as we can already tell he became close to a lot of the women he would meet and make them feel important the trust was the trust with these women would make them feel you know just great and so he would literally you know trick these women into taking insurance policies and putting them in his name to about uh i want to say it was about 
$10,000, which will equal up to $300,000 today. And these women will never be seen again. This man and this, insurance policies. I know. Oh, my and God. One thing I, I learned from another case that I was listening to, I think, on another podcast was that at this time, I think they would have literally insurance vending machines. So you would literally take out an insurance policy and you would just have your insurance with you. It was kind of weird how it worked back then. but Yeah, it's like too easy. Jeez, yeah, when way too easy. getting all these insurance policies for people. And every employee, hotel, hotel guest, or sorry, not hotel guest, but I guess every guest and fiance, wife of his, would also be required to take out an, uh, take out an insurance policy. Every hotel guest every had to take a life? Guest. So basically, if you came in and you're trying to check in or something, you would need to have an insurance policy. Imagine trying to check in to like Best Western <laughs> and they're like, sorry, you need to take out an insurance policy to stay with us. And it's like, I don't even know. Because again, it's the 1800s, so I don't know how big insurance policies really were back then, but I can I can really just acknowledge that I don't think it was that well known. Like No. I mean, dang, at that point, I'd rather just sleep in my car. I feel like so <laughs> yeah, much literally, work like, literally. to take out a whole insurance like, policy. Um, no thanks. I'm going to check in down, downtown at the Western. Yeah. He's I like, go use the vending machine and grab an <laughs> insurance policy. Okay. And so the murder castle was designed with sharp angle hallways that led to dead ends. Homes would build this to confuse and throw off guests. Peepholes perfectly placed to see into the rooms. Walls were also built with asbestos lime walls, which muffles noise. So basically, if you're being attacked, there would be hardly any noise coming through these walls, which gives you, which just gives me goosebumps to think about. And he would also have a walk-in steel vault that would trap and suffocate his victims and gas chambers as well, disguised as rooms. Cute. So, yeah, while you're over here getting ready for bed, this man is over here also, you know, down the hallway in his office, releasing fumes into the room. And when he finally get these guests out of vulnerable state, these poor people would be thrown into hidden chutes that would lead to hidden ba- uh, a hidden basement where shit goes down. But we will talk about that more in a sec. The first floor of the castle contained many shopping stores. The, nice. I know. Honestly, I'd be in there. Um, <laughs> I'd be in there for the shopping. Like, here, hi. Um, is there Macy's in here? Yeah. Um, the upper level of the building also contained Holmes's office with more than other, um, with more than a hundred other additional rooms that he li- used as living quarters. So this place is literally having everything built in it. Well, I feel like a lot of people just had everything at their disposal and a reason to leave, which yeah, also kind of... everything was kind of there. Yeah, also gives me goosebumps because I'm like, like yeesh. You, literally. Yeah, I know. Um, and so let's just talk about some of the victims here. One of the first victims that we know that had lived in a building was a tenant of the building named Dr. Russell. There had reportedly been a controversy between the two that seemed to be over rent and missing payments that Russell owed to Holmes. And while Dr. Russell had been turned around during this interaction, Holmes literally took a chair, a chair like a heavy chair, to the back of Dr. Russell. Dr. Russell had begged for help, but soon died, making this Holmes's first murderer in the castle. Wow. The next victim, I couldn't really find the name for. I looked everywhere I could, but we know that this death was due to a criminal operation. We know that this victim was a man, but this victim was still left unidentifiable to this day because of how badly dismembered and 
burnt his body was, which so is... sad. Yeah, so sad. In 1890, a woman by the name of Julia Connor had become Holmes's employee slash mistress, living in the castle with her daughter, Pearl. And when she had got pregnant, who I assumed would be by Holmes, and that's not necessarily for certain, but I'm assuming it was Holmes. Wait, so Pearl is probably Holmes, or she got pregnant again? She got pregnant again. Oh. So while she had Pearl, that was like her daughter, okay. but she had different, ended different. up meeting Holmes and got pregnant. Okay. Um, she had demanded that Holmes marry her, and Holmes agreed if he could perform a, an abortion on her in her base in his basement. Yeah. So nice. God. So I know. (laughs) And so soon after, Joel and Pearl were never seen again. But yet a week later, he sold a well-polished bones. uh, Well, sorry, well-polished bones to the Hanneman Medical College for two hundred dollars. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in 1892, another mistress and private secretary of Holmes named, em, um, I want to say this right, is it Emmeline? Emmeline, probably, yeah, Seagrand. Emmeline Seagrand was also sent into a vault where to where she was told to retrieve some documents, and behind it, she was sealed in. She suffocated to death, and weeks later... University of Chicago gets a female skeleton. How about that? And then one year later, again, <laughs> Holmes finds a new secretary slash mistress by the name of Minnie Williams. Kind of like that name. That's a cute name. Who at this time was a beneficiary of an estate in Texas for over forty thousand yeah. dollars. Holmes probably liked that shit. He cut, he ate that shit up. Yeah, he did. Her and her sister will later be killed after signing over this estate to Holmes. Oh my god! How did nobody notice I this? Know. It's the same exact. This way. man is really really good about yeah, hiding shit. Yeah, he is. I'm like, the same exact way for each victim. That's I like so wrote these notes and I'm getting creeped out by them. Yeah. And the way that Holmes rids off his bodies is truly horrendous. So forewarning, if you guys are not really good with a lot of, you know, gore. Yeah, it's I about suggest, to get graphic, guys. Yeah, skip ahead. <laughs> so in this basement, Holmes would melt the flesh tissue off the bone in a pit of quicklime. He then bring the corpse over to a dissection table where he would strip any remaining flesh off the bone and there was if there would still be anything left he would then either burn the body in a high heated furnace or he would place the bodies in a pit of acid i also had found some information that i thought was interesting that i'll just kind of mention real quick because i guess some people see similarities according to this film that i had watched called the history on on the history channel it's also on hulu if you want to watch it it's called american ripper the documentary was filmed in 2017 and it focuses on the great great grandson of h.h holmes and why he believes that the his great great grandfather may have been tied to the first documented london serial killer who we all may know by jack the ripper but we'll talk a little bit about conspiracies afterwards and how they might be connected it's a really nice docuseries that I suggest watching just to watch if you can. And in it, they discuss 1893, Holmes struck out when the World's Columbian Exposition had come to Chicago. It was also called the World's Fair, and I kind of just use that because it's easier to say. But this was a very big event that went on for months and months, and thousands of tourists and travelers would be looking for a place to stay. Around the same time... Holmes had also met an accomplice to help him out with the schemes. This guy was named Benjamin. God, I'm gonna say it wrong. Benjamin Pitz. Pitzizel. 
Pedazol. 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 Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Okay, we looked it up. It's Pedazol. So Benjamin Pedazol was his accomplice. And now a little background on Pedazol. Ben Pedazol arrived in Chicago in 1889. He was falling, um, failing at a lot of the jobs he had been hired into. Same. Uh, eventually, he continued working at random jobs the next several years prior to meeting Holmes. And then when he soon had realized that he wasn't getting anywhere with the chops he had, he started accumulating a criminal record of petty larceny and forgery to support his wife, Carrie, and their five children. Now, his children were named Desi, Alice, Nellie, Howard, and their infant son, Wharton. What a name. What a, oh, Wharton. That's a terrible name. Wharton. Sounds like Wart. Ew. Yeah, I'm sorry. Real. I mean, I'm, asking, <laughs> I'm not making fun of my son. Oh, my God. So, you don't have to necessarily remember the names, but just know that the kids play a crucial part to the story later on. Holmes soon became very close with the family. He would even visit the fair and bring some of the Pitazol uh, children with him to prey on elderly women who flaunted their wealth, making sure he invited them back to the castle. His castle was only a mile away, so it wasn't very hard for them to even, you know, say no to it. I mean, yes to it. And Holmes eventually found also found a second wife at this time by the name of Georgiana, who I had earlier mentioned, and she actually lived out her life. So, oh, good for know, Georgiana. Good part of this story, at least she lives. I wonder what made her so like. I know. Well, you know what's weird too is that like he had three wives and they all lived. So I don't even understand, you know, how he. But all the mit- mistresses died. Yeah. No, because he killed the one. Oh, they weren't married I mean, yet, They're though. mistresses, not wives. Because they never married. Yeah. She demanded they get married. So maybe it was like a document kind of thing, or maybe, I don't know. Was he even close? I don't know. That's, like, weird. But not after long, Holmes had started growing worried about Pitisol and that he would catch on to his murders. And so Pitisol knew that Holmes was up to something sinister at the castle, but he didn't know what he was really doing and that he literally was running a murder factory. The duo would begin traveling the country to continue their crimes away from the Chicago area. They would begin stealing horses in Texas and selling them in Missouri, while Holmes also continuously murdered victims nationally, but eventually police caught up to Holmes. Now, they didn't catch him for his killings, but after Holmes intended to swindle another drugstore in St. Louis, they did catch up to him and put him away in prison for some time. But that didn't stop him. This man is just not stoppable, because you know what he did? He literally starts to develop a new scheme, this time with the help of his cellmate, Marion Hedgepath, and which Holmes would fake his own death, take out an insurance policy for $10,000, and share 500 with Marion. Only $500? I'm like, man, you better get some money out of that. Uh, yeah, man, not even <laughs> half and half. That's like, what, like... 80 and 20 percent yeah not even <laughs> not even like, Marianne, yeah come on like man 95 you better get some money out of this I'm like, somebody do the math that's I like nothing some, i'm like mary you're in jail already you might as well just do it i mean come on i know if Everyone's he was serving a life like, sentence i guess yeah what does he have to lose whatever now they set up this plan but shortly after his second wife georgiana would help him uh would help holmes make bail and so the plan fell through which brought holmes to just keep it moving so once out he got reconnected and replanned the same scheme with his accomplice Benjamin Pitasol in Philadelphia but only this time Holmes wouldn't fake his own death he wanted Pitasol to be the one to fake his death 
Pedestal was a little conscious about this plan, but he agreed, and he shared this plan with his wife, Carrie, who was very against it, but unfortunately, she can't really do a lot about it, and Pedestal would eventually be like, okay, let's do it. Little did he know, he wouldn't just be faking his own death. Holmes would chloroform Pedestal after getting him drunk, fake an explosion in the same house that they were in at the time with various chemicals, and then take the money for his own. Poor Pitasol. I'm so sorry about that. I mean, I guess Holmes needed a way to pay for this he murder needed, castle. He needed that money. He needed that he's money. He's rich at this Which point. is crazy to me, because I'm like, the man's not even at his castle. He's like, over here traveling the States. And I'm like, dude, your own accomplice? Like, that's a little messy. But this man really is just getting away with it all. But unfortunately, this is when things start to get a little weird. So Holmes shares the information with the Pitocell family that Ben may have been in a terrible accident and says that someone will need to go and identify the body with him. But at the time, unfortunately, Carrie and a few of the kids had came down with an illness and couldn't go to see... uh, go to see if this was really their father slash husband. Um, Carrie had ended up sending her middle child, Alice, to identify the body with Holmes. After identifying the body, he arranges a hotel for Alice to stay in, and he goes back to the Pitocell home where he shares the news that Ben and Alice are both safe, and they're staying in Indiana, but he's going to need to also take Nellie and Howard to also see their father. With a little hesitation, Carrie agrees, and Holmes begins to travel with the three children, using them as a part of his mischievous scams. And a vital part about this is that Alice continuously writes to her mother about the travels that they're on, but it's sad to find out that her mother is never receiving these notes. So while their travel continues back in Philadelphia, um, Holmes's old little cellmate, if you remember Hedgepath, had seen an article in the paper about a fire that had taken place, and he sees that Holmes is attached to this. And he realizes that this is my cellmate that had never shared the money with me. So <laughs> Holmes really fucked this one up. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, no you should have gave the man the money and went out and just went Especially because it was only $500 right. out of your 10K. Like, he, you would have been fine. He really just, he really, he really fucked this one up. So Hedgepath goes to the police to share their little plan. And now police are on to Holmes and eventually track them down in Boston, Massachusetts with an outstanding warrant on committing fraud um, of mutual life insurance. Now, remember, police don't even know about all the deaths that he's been committing. They just know that he's wanted for all these scams. Police began to grow a little more suspicious of Holmes and decided to bring in the Pinkerton Detective Agency. Now, a little background on the Pinkerton Detective Agency. It's kind of a fun fact that they actually were the first to stop a... Uh, attack on Abraham Lincoln. His first attack. He was attacked two times. Yeah. So the first attack they ever had on him, they stopped. And Pickerton's also currently a detective agency. Um, So they've been around for a long time. No kidding. Now the question stands, where the fuck is the children at? (laughs) Yeah. So Alice is with her dad. With her dad. So they're all like, so now they're all like with him. Oh, quote unquote. All the kids are with him. As far as the mom knows, they're all with him. 
Well, we've got a hero of the story, Detective Frank Ryer. Finally, we have a hero. We love a hero who recovers the notes that Alice had wrote to her mother, but unfortunately it was in Holmes's possession the whole time. So while she thought she was over here giving her sending her mother notes, he was never actually sending them to her mother. So he was just keeping them. them. Yeah. He was keeping them, yeah. Before I go any further, I just want to say that there are some children deaths, so if another that, content warning. Yeah, another content warning real quick. The notes all had the location of where they traveled. So, after extensive tracking, Greyer eventually located what was the charred and badly burnt body of a little boy in a stove in Indianapolis. I know, it's so sad. Um, and later, uh, later in Toronto, please dig, dug up the remains of two little Aww. girls. Yeah. He really killed the dad and oh his own family. Oh, my God. Oh, my, this poor woman. I can't only imagine yeah. how Kara was going through at this time. It just breaks my heart. Now, the news went public and people went berserk, of course, as they should, um, from the thought that someone would even do this to children. So, in 1895, investigators further investigated his background and paid a little trip to a hotel on a warrant. Sorry, not even a hotel, the murder castle. Oh, shit. This is where it all goes Ooh, down. I know. Ah, okay. So investigator would, uh, investigators would then find in the basement the horrific scene of a sickening amount of badly de- decomposed dismembered bodies. These bodies were found so badly decomposed that many were even able to be identified. Aww. I know. So now they found these terrifying bodies and they learn about this, you know, background on homes and the investigation just expands throughout Chicago, Toronto, and Indianapolis. Crazy enough, the police will only convict homes of the murders of the pitiful children. And while in prison, Holmes began to write an uh, autobiography called Holmes's Own Story, confessing to his murders. During his trial, he'd fired his attorneys and acted as his own attorney and denied actions of ever having killed his these children, which, you little asshole. Like, yeah, really? for real. Well, first of all, He's can also I... such, like, what's the word I'm looking for? That's it's just, the, like, arrogant or, like... Yeah, that's yeah. so arrogant, like... Well, my thing is, too, like, Ted Bundy did the same thing, where yeah. he tried to be his own, like, you know, and attorney. And they always fucking up for themselves. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Don't have... Ugh, whatever. I'm so glad it didn't work out for him. And then, during his trial, bad bitch Carrie Pittisle walks in the courtroom. She's dressed in all black, and she's clearly um, recounting the insurance fraud and the taking of her children across the country, leaving the courtroom in tears. As they should be. I know. And so I'm like, sad. And, you know, this asshole is just sitting there, and he's kind of, like, not even... He's probably not phased, He's right? not even phased by it. But, you know, what's crazy is that the minute that his wife walks in the room, Georgiana, um, he clearly just, you know, vaguely just gives off this this whimper and he's like just going <laughs> as soon as his wife comes in he's yeah he's, he's acting remorseful so uh, i'm like okay uh, um whatever in may 1896 holmes was found guilty and hangs for his murders of the pedestal children just nine days before his 35th birthday even though he had confessed to 28 murders however based on the evidence in the missing persons cases it's believed that holmes was responsible for over 200 murders during his lifetime. He lives such a short life. Just to do all of so that. So many people. Just to do all of that. 200? 
You know what just really got to my gears about this? Hmm. Is that before he was put on, or before he was hanged, he asked that he was buried in a slab of concrete so the grave wrappers wouldn't dig up his corpse to study him, and they respected his wishes. Oh! <laughs> I know. He really didn't want what he did on other people to be done to him. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that so ironic? He's so shitty. And it's the fact that whoever would respect this did it. Like, what the fuck? No, I wouldn't. Leave his body out for display. Yeah. Fucking They should have dissected and dismembered him, too. Fuck this guy. The castle was re-renovated later and made into an attraction slash museum for the public to visit as it was named Holmes's Horror Castle. But it burned down shortly before and... Before its grand opening, which is probably for the best. You know, part of me wants to be like, I would be interested to see that, but I feel like that's very disrespectful. It's to the victims, yeah, right? I, okay, so like it's weird too because a lot of people will like, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just a weird thought. If I was alive around this time, I'd definitely be a little curious. But it's something about that human emotion that really just. I guess it's just such it was a place filled with so much just dark like yeah and you just sad it's like like... you're curious but that human mind is just like I I need to see it but we know that it's just unfortunate so it's just the fact that they made this into attraction it's just so sad but need to be done in the first place no yeah I agree it probably is better that it burned down before the grand opening yeah somebody did that do you know what year that was um I'm actually not sure I didn't really find a lot about it but um I could imagine that it wasn't too long after 1896 which is when he was hanged so it was definitely I want to say at least early 1900s so where the murder castle once stood is on the south side of Chicago and is now a parking lot for a postal service and I can only imagine how angry those ghosts are (laughs) oh god Um, it's still so sad so sad right these people got brutally murdered and dismembered and now all it is is a parking lot it's a parking lot yeah yeah. Oh and you guys it's like and, covered. Yeah, it's just covered. It's just wow. all gone. So just a couple of conspiracies between Holmes and Jack the Ripper. Um, just because I knew that a lot of people are still skeptical about it. Yeah. I don't know for sure whether or not Holmes is Jack the Ripper, but there are some weird, you know like the same like he could the be the same, same person. person. Okay. Yeah. So um a couple of things I guess are similar and different were that they were active around the same time. Though H.H. Holmes often had its ammo to trap people and dispose of them for the sake of getting money out of it. There are no findings that Holmes ever traveled overseas and killed people. That's where Jack the because Ripper that's was. Where, yeah, that's where Jack the Ripper okay. was. So, you know, it, it's maybe possible, but we don't know. Jack the Ripper also terrorized London in the summer fall of 1888. He killed five people and seemingly just disappeared without a trace. Jack the Ripper also didn't really have a specific MO, kind of like Holmes did. He was very random with his murders. Unfortunately, I think a lot of the people that were murdered were just women. Most of the time, they were just prostitutes. He would just, you know, leave them in the streets murdered. Just badly murdered, by the way. And one more thing is just that it's just weird that Holmes would engineer a murder factory only to travel to London to kill a handful of people. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would Holmes travel all the way to London and kill five people and then come back? Yeah, like, I feel like Holmes and Jack the Ripper were probably two separate people. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. I wish there was more on the timeline because... 
It just really doesn't make sense. Like you said that he would literally have this whole like murder castle set up in America and then randomly like travel to London, kill five prostitutes and go home. Yeah. He was very specific with his killings. Like the Jack the Ripper was too messy. That wasn't him. I don't think it was either. Yeah. And if you guys are, you know, maybe you have some maybe conspiracy, feel free to let us know. I'm always, you know, curious about that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm sure at some point we'll cover Chuck the Ripper. He did a lot of shit. And the way he killed was just horrendous. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about him, too. Oh, my God. Just a quote to leave us off on by H.H. Holmes. Quote, I was born with the devil in me. I cannot help the fact that I was a murderer no more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world. And he has been with me since. That's chilling. Ooh, that gives me chills. And that is the case of H.H. Holmes and his murder castle. He was a really bad guy. He was a fucked up guy. And the fact that he was like the first, uh, quote unquote, the rec- on record, the first American serial killer is just even more crazy that he, you know, it's sad that he killed 200 people. Yeah. And like to cl- to go back on the um like bad childhood like just because you had a bad childhood doesn't mean that you need to go and murder people do you know what i'm saying oh my like, god there's so many people that like who had bad childhood mm-hmm. and didn't turn out to be murderers yeah but that like i said that does seem to be a trend with serial killers is like a, they had really bad childhood and it's just something in their brain like that's not just wired correctly not wired and they correctly. go off and kill people but that's not everyone let me no? just say people there are so many people out there that unfortunately go through a lot and they don't come out like this no it's just not a thing this is so much and he did it all for money for money yeah like this man literally just took out insurance policies on everyone he would meet along the way like did he even get enjoyment out of killing or did he only want to do it for the money i think it was just the money but where did that lead him it led him to death like yeah literally led him to death Jesus Christ. Uh, not a good I need man. a drink. Yeah, good thing <laughs> you have your Jose Let me get my Jose Cuervo out. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so that wraps up the case on H.H. Holmes. Um, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram, when the light underscore goes out. You can also follow us separately. Um, Kendall's Instagram is going to be at this is Kendall Hudson, and my Instagram is at Brianna Doyen. Um, thank you guys so much for listening yes. today and tuning in. Tuning in and make sure to also, um, I'm not sure yet. I'm pretty sure we're going to be on Spotify. We're going to be on FSS feed as well as Apple Podcasts. So wherever you're listening to us, just make sure to leave comments, like, subscribe, let us know how you feel about our first episode. Um, We are excited to come out with our next episode next week. Yeah, and let us know what other cases to come Yeah, oh my god, send us all the cases. I also, I forgot, I also made an Instagram for, I mean, not Instagram, I also made an email for our page. uh, I'll post that in the show notes. So just make sure to, you know. Yeah, send us ideas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thanks, guys. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we did it. <laughs>